Another remote episode. Caesar's recording away from me. Me being Bam um, had to do it. We gotta pump these episodes out. We we, we did six episodes in two weeks, guys. Uh, we made a podcast.com at We Made a Podcast on all social media. This is episode sixty. I'm doing the intro. Then we're gonna cut to Caesar, and then we're gonna cut back to me. This is Bam, and up next is Caesar. This is not really up next, obviously, but. Yeah, we made a podcast.com. Has a donate button at We Made a Podcast on all social media. You can check us out on any uh, podcast platform. Spotify, we're on there now, just in case you didn't know about that. We made a podcast. Check out what Caesar has to say about these World Cup games. What up, y'all? It's your boy Caesar from We Made a Podcast. If you guys want to check out this episode or any other episodes we got, make sure you check us out on WeMadeItPodcast.com and hit us up on social media at WeMadeItPodcast, you know. Let's let's uh, get into it because today was a crazy, 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 crazy games. The first game we had today, we had Brazil versus Mexico, and then the second game we had was Japan versus Belgium. But I'm going to go in on the first game, Brazil versus Mexico, because, man, um, a lot to talk about. Granted, not as close as the Belgium-Japan game, but a lot to talk about. But first, um, can we please chill with the morning games? Like, it's it's even sunlight in Russia in this game. You know, like, I'm, I'm getting up at the crack of dawn. I'm supposed to get hyped at 7 a.m.? Come on! And I know I sound kind of biased, but, I mean, to be fair, I did Google it and... 8 a.m. Pacific time is like 11 p.m. in China, so I understand they're trying to fit everybody in to watch the game, whatever. I don't care about that. Pacific time over everybody. And what else did I note? The the, the commentary is just so bad. Like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to, to to enjoy this World Cup with Fox commentary. It's miserable. I, I can't do it. I hate Stu Holden so much. I, I can't do it. But Allie Wagner's still the best, and she's a real one, and I hope uh, she goes somewhere cool, like being or something. That'd be cool. Um, and I'm not, just letting you guys know, I know we did this before, but you guys probably know, I don't do this like BAM. I don't do the whole, oh, um, we're just, I'm going to do uh, uh, goals, the time of the goals and breakdown. No, the game was 2-0. If you didn't watch the game, all good. You probably were sleeping. Now you know I spoiled it for you. I guess, or if you listen to this after, I don't know, but it was 2-0, and I'm just going to go in. I don't give a damn. Um, my favorite thing, I think, about this game was that I didn't realize how much Mexico was trash-talking about Brazil and Neymar. To, and the commentators would love bringing that up, saying that Guardado was talking about how Neymar likes to flop. Uh, you guys flop too. Everybody's flopping out here. Why don't we pretend like there's some uh, uh, team that's anti-not flopping? Like, just stop. We're all doing it. We're all trying to sell calls. And we got to sell calls because VR is so trash that if we're not selling calls, they're not making the calls anyways. And the refs suck. So, keep flopping, please. When I was watching the game, I think the biggest thing I note about the contrast and styles is that, you know, Mexico... Well, actually... Before I get to that, I was telling everybody before, I was actually fine with the Mexico matchup because I feel like Brazil can beat Mexico. And Mexico's style is not a style that Brazil's not accustomed to. Not only has Mexico never beat Brazil in the World Cup, which is also of note, but it's also the fact that Mexico, especially the under Osario, plays just like a kind of, well, yeah, pretty much just like Chile did. And Brazil's seen that a lot. They played Chile a lot, especially in the Sao Paulo days. They played just like them. That high-pressure counterattack, um, uh, high-pressure defense and counterattack offense. And the beginning of the game, of course, it's going to be hard for Brazil to get going. It was it was very back and forth. Um, Mexico looked extremely dangerous. Like, I definitely 
definitely didn't breathe um, the entire first half. I broke a Guinness World Record for um, holding my breath for 45 minutes in that first half, and I'm proud of it. And that, that was extremely nerve-wracking. But um, the second, but after, but looking back on it, it was something that you realized that, of course, the first half is going to start off like that. But what's the big factor is how much lungs they got, how much stamina do they really have as a team. And, yeah, if you can do this for 90 minutes, like Chile was able to a lot of times and just good for you. But Mexico didn't seem like they were able to do that. And especially if you're trying to do that against a team with speed, uh, ball movement and, 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 and athleticism like Brazil has, that's a tough ask for those Mexico players. And I'm going to put this blame on Osadio, who was running that mouth after the game and pre-game. And if you're running a game where you're trying to run a style that involves high-pressure defense and counterattack, why on this God's beautiful, flat earth of a planet, allegedly, would you start Rafa Marquez as a deep CDM sitting at a slim 57 years old? Why would you do that? I understand he's the captain. I understand he's been to eight World Cups. He was in the World Cup. Uh, uh, he's probably at the World Cup in, back in, in after World War II. He's been in plenty of World Cups. But you got to make, as a coach, your job is to make formations and, and, and tactics that are counter what you're going against. And the formation they had wasn't that. It was really weird. They, they It looked like he kind of tried, but it was really bad. I mean, starting... Um, with that, you, you, I would have personally put Jonathan Dos Santos in if I'm Mexico. I know he's playing MLS, which is uh-uh, rough, but you know, if you're going against Brazil, I want to have some legs out there. I don't want some guy on crutches. I want somebody with legs and, or even, I guess, Miguel Ayun, who uh, I'll get into that fool later, but I guess you could put Miguel Ayun in that position because you need to be out there. You got to be moving. You got to be active and you got to have the lungs and the legs for it. And first half, yeah, they were matched up. But second half, you could tell, actually, winning into the 30-minute mark, it looked like Rafa was kind of getting exposed a little bit. And Brazil was able to cut through that middle. It was getting a little dangerous because Ochoa was making some nice saves again. It's really weird. Ochoa balls out in World Cups. But then on regular teams, he's just regular too. So I, I don't understand it either. Um, that it was it was like, it was really close. And with that, for, with that formation, you're just not going to work for you in the later stages of that match. I also was really, 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 really confused on the Vela, switching Vela and Chucky Lozano. Why on earth would you do that? Vela, who's been balling out on the right side, Chucky Lozano's been balling on the left side, you flip him. I don't know if it was some, he, Osario had some kind of weird vision that he could expose my boy Fagner. But it's just like the man has been playing great defensively. Of course, I saw this a long time ago. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I know the first match I was kind of going in on him. But, I mean, he, he he played out. He's been balling. He's playing defense. So I was really impressed with um, how he played. And clearly Rosario was not because he flipped them for what I think is that reason. But on this podcast, we went in on it before. We talked about what happens when you put lefties on the left side you're just closing the window up you're not creating opportunity for them if you're if if especially with someone who has the the you know very talented left foot able to put a curve on the ball and and creates so much with that technical skill and ability he has you're closing his window facing the goal you're making it like his 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 shot window is is the basically middle post and a far left all the way out to the out of bounds all the way to the corner you want to have the big a better a bigger window to to especially use one of his best skills is those curve finesse shots he's so lethal with that why you take that away i have no idea um i think a matchup between um vela and felipe louise were really good that's two La Liga players going at each other, seeing each other a lot. So it's not like it's anything unfamiliar to him. And I think that Chucky Lozano left side is cool because those are two unknowns to each other. So it would have been great. And also, Chucky Lozano's been balling. So I don't even know why you're holding that guy back. He had a couple megs this game. I was like, can you relax, please? Please relax. So I don't understand that. Osario tripping. And it's annoying because Osario thinks he's somebody. So it's like he's talking big. But clearly, tactically, you're deficient. Um... What else a note? Um, also, Miguel Layun, 
I mean, I don't know what's up with this dude, but someone gotta tell him to relax. First of all, dog, we don't know you. Second of all, why are you bleaching your hair? Because we don't know you. Third of all, just thank the football gods, which are the premise of what I'm talking about. The football gods doing a lot of blessing. The VAR is trash. Because VAR is trash that you literally cleated someone on purpose and you got no, 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 no penalty for it. Nothing. So VR is trash, and you're reaping the benefits of VR being absolutely poop. What else did I write here? Sorry about that. Um, the Brazil side. Let's talk about Brazil and what they were doing today. I think Willian played an excellent game. Thiago Silva played a great game. Captain, I don't know what happened. He looked like he got uh, shot in the rib or bruise. I don't know what was going on, but he died too, just like Marcel did that one game, then played fine after. I thought he broke his rib, to be honest with you. Um, but you know what, guys? I don't know. I don't know about you, Jesus. I, I'm on I'm the fence with him. I feel like, you know, he's playing defensively. He's playing so well. He's tracking back. I, I was in the group chat today. I was damn near calling him left back Jesus. Um, Jesus, you know, he, he was tracking way back, um, covering, and, and that's great, but it looks like an offensive end. You know, he's doing some good one-on-ones. Occasionally, he's able to break loose, and it looks like his footwork's actually get a little better. He seemed raw, you know, during qualifiers, and before that, he was a little bit raw, especially during Olympics. He was a little raw, but I could tell he's kind of putting it all together with his footwork, and that's dope. But it's like finishing and some shots and some lobs and passing, like just the one-twos. He's like a half-half-second late. And, you know, the funny thing is, is when you put, Firmino in. Firmino in is kind of in good form right now, so he's kind of on par with the passing and stuff, but he's not doing the same work great defensively. So it's like hit or miss, and I think she's making the right decision. I'd rather have the striker up top that's going to be doing at least the defensive work, the Cavani-esque work um, when he doesn't have the ball. And, you know, it's definitely better for Brazil because he's putting a lot of pressure on back line and, and grandpa midfielders and defenders like uh, Rafa Marquez. Um uh, also, I think I noted that Salcedo was balling out sometimes. Sometimes he's balling out. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? Um, also, I noted Coutinho was tired. Um, he definitely looking pooped. I don't know, but I feel like he's played a lot this this uh, group stage. And this is starting to kind of wear on you. You know, this is a point where a lot of guys get tired. And a lot of mistakes happen. So I would definitely be watching Brazil's rotation at the midfield. I know they're doing a good job subbing midfield, but they really got to make sure those guys are well rested. Um, all, it looks like here, according to this, that, um, next, uh, I looked here, Casemiro had a yellow card this match, so next match he's missing, so it'd be really interesting to see how Chichi does his, uh, formation. I, I think he's gonna go with Fernandinho, it seems like the safe pick out of Renato Augusto and, and Fred, because, I mean, honestly, Fred is untested, and I don't want to test him against, you know, the, as we call it, the Elite Eight matchup between Belgium and Brazil. It's kind of tough to just throw them in there against Belgium and say, hey, do ball out, even though you did get signed by Man U. Um, and Renato Augusto, I don't know what he's really on right now, but I know he kind of was injured when it came into the World Cup, but he's healthy, so that's still up in the air, too. I would be cautious with him as well. Um, of course, everybody loves talking about him. Neymar, I think Neymar played really well today. I really can't hate on him, except some of the extra ball dragging he was doing per usual, which I'm just accepting to what it is. But I think he did it a lot less this game than last game. I thought today this game he was a lot more going forward, attacking, being precise, and it paid off. I mean, he basically he was involved in two of the goals Brazil had. The end goal was 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 from his work, and also with, and then also the 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 William goal was off of his initiating that pass. And then um, finishing it off with the diving uh, finish um, off the Willian move that Salazar and Brazil was hating on. And then my boy Willian. So that was that was a good game. Um, Nail-biter in the beginning, but he could just tell that Brazil was in better shape. And Brazil was playing their style. So their style was not conducive to exerting so much energy. And the style that Mexico was playing was trying to use a bunch of energy to get the ball to counterattack. So that was kind of tough to run against them. Yeah, Brazil moves on to the next round against the winner of Belgium versus Japan. Which, you know what, I wasn't going to go into this right now. And I'm kind of annoyed because I thought I was going to be doing like a 40-minute recording because I wrote so much. But for some weird reason, I'm so damn fast on these recordings that I'm already towards the the Belgium-Japan game. So might as well just get into it. Um, Japan-Belgium. Oh my god. Like, for real, for real, what a match. 
just know before y'all say anything i was the first one to note this i was calling them the dark horse they are the japan they are the the poor band spain and your boy should be getting love because of it um japan uh played an incredible match uh as they would say a cracker of a match um like i said i don't do this like bam three two when japan belgium won the game three two last minute stunner by chad lee Yes, I just ruined the entire segment, but I don't care. I does this, and I does it different, and I know somebody out there might appreciate it. But like I went in on my boy Rosario, who's a fool, I'm going to go in on Bam's favorite coach, Roberto Martinez, who... Wow. That that was so loud. <laughs> Roberto Martinez, who's a joke of a manager. I mean, honestly, excluding my boy Nangolin off this team was already a joke. I hate you for that. You're, you, you, you don't know the sport and how to be a coach if making that decision. But, you know, I was praying that today was going to be the day you paid the price. But, of course, as the football gods wished it, you're going to lift. You got to live to see another day in Russia. I mean... Off top, though, can we agree, guys, that the Roberto Martinez Belgium formation is the ugliest formation in the World Cup? It's so horrendous. They're running a three-four-two-one. I don't even know what that is. Um, like actually saying it right now, like I kind of threw up a little bit in my mouth. It was kind of gross. A three-four-two-one. I think um, three and a, three PL defenders in the back because you know that's what you do when you don't want to win games and um four midfielders i guess and then two wings or strikers behind lukaku lord knows i don't know what's going on it was rough um to be honest if my opinion if i was going to run the team i'd probably run a 442 if i ha- if i was really trying to start mertens lukaku i'd probably run a 442 just have them up top maybe you know Hazard out wide, Carrasco out wide, then De Bruyne in the middle with De Witzel in the middle. Well, actually, I would have had an angle and I'm a damn Witzel. Witzel in the middle and, you know, the back line, definitely, I would tear that back line up. I'm not having no damn two EPL defenders, one with a light bulb head, and no fullbacks. It's just not going to happen, but we'll see how far it takes them out. I mean, this is allegedly the most powerful team, according to weird rankings, and so we'll see how they play, and to start off the game, it looked like they were definitely not the uh, most powerful team. Japan came out going hard. And like I said, if you sleep on this fucking team, they're going to catch you slipping. Japan, like I said before, and I'm going to keep saying like I said before because I don't care. They're extremely well-disciplined. Clean formation, excellent ball movement speed, which can and did expose a poop backline composed of EPL defenders. I think the first half, what I noticed was the obvious size advantage that Belgium had, especially Lukaku versus that back line. It was, it was, it was just ridiculous the size advantage. But I could tell that um, that was something that Belgium was trying to attack. They had intent on attacking that, and they needed to find some way of getting the big man the ball. But what's funny is that that horrible for- formation was biting them in the ass in the first half because it seemed like they couldn't get things off in the right way. Maybe if they're running like a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2, they could get some proper spacing and movement to create opportunities in the middle that Lukaku could have exposed. But, of course, what do I know? I'm not Roberto Martinez. Um, I think also, oh yeah, what I also noticed was Carrasco. Um, I'm assuming this has to do with his bad form, but it looked like he was really... Having a hard time pulling the trigger. Um, he looked apprehensive um, coming forward. And, yeah, he looked good sometimes with the ball. But just like that, sometimes I'm like, ah, shoot it. Oh, I didn't shoot it. And that could be a bad form or something. Because I remember two years ago, maybe last year, he was turning up. He was going hard. And he was he was dangerous. And if it was two or three years ago, he scored that goal and made out with his girlfriend for like 80 minutes or whatever that was. That was uh, rough. So he's not in that form anymore. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But definitely sending him to China did not help. And uh, shout out the Wonder Group. Is it the Wonder Group? I don't know. We exposed them on one of the episodes. You guys can go look. Whatever. Bam's good at that stuff. Go check that out and find how we exposed them. Now next, on to the second half. Yo. That second half was definition of 
buck wild, wild madness. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Just awful, awful defending by uh, Belgium's back line. Vertonghen, I don't care if he scored a goal, he played horrific, terrible, and I don't like. I don't care that he scored that that header. The the but as it as it's known and what's going on with with today's episode, the football gods said, "Caesar, we heard your prediction, and you shall be punished for it." For Tongan scores a, a header, and after the two great goals by Japan in the second half, one. Expo- both of them exposing Vertonghen's terrible defense. My boy Inui, who's been balling out, and, and and the homie Gucci, who's been balling out this tournament too. Um, I remember I noted to Bam in the first half, uh, for the Columbia Japan game that Gucci was one of the fastest players on the field. He's really good, really good player. Um, yeah, so Vertonghen got exposed, but he did score the header, brought the game back two to one, and then finally, um, it's like. I don't know if Roberto Martinez took, you know, some of those Joe Rogan alpha brain pills and his his brains are working or he, you know, drank some water, cleared his mind. But he decided to make a smart decision, which I would have done initially, is by trying to go counter against Japan and be, beat them on sides and just bully ball. And they brought in Chadley, who's pretty big for a striker, an attacker. And they brought in Fellaini. I mean, when you sub out Fellaini... Uh, for Mertens, who coincidentally enough is the shortest guy on the field, you're definitely upping your size. And man, they play like if Fellini came in that field, was was bullying around, being high pressure, frustration, attacking and and defending well too. And it was it would look like Japan was having a hard time going back to that middle now that it was Witzel and Fellini in the middle. They were trying to push out wide, and it was there was fatigue was starting to set in. It was getting hard on them. And what I also kind of noticed was strange how, like, Japan only did two subs. I feel like they really could have used a third, especially in the later game. But, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know about the Japan coach. I don't think he's the best. Um, maybe uh, play- coaching, he's really good. But, I mean, in terms of in-game management, I don't think he's that well. Especially, like, the last game they talked about, he had a whole different lineup change. And damn near lost the World Cup. Uh, uh, damn near lost the uh, uh, opportunity to play this game from the last result, losing. Um to I believe Poland, I think it was Poland they played, and then this game, uh, you know, I, I don't remember, was it Poland? Oh, I'm so bad at this. Um, and then this game, you know, two subs. I feel like you could have really used third, especially in a game with a 94 minute game, and there was a lot of running and pressure going on. They could have really used subbed and fresh legs out there. Um, but he did bring in Honda. Honda almost scored a game, a goal that would have cost me my job, my laptop, and everything I love. Um, but he did not. Uh, fortunately, it was fortunately it was saved by Courtois, who can save everything that shot at him above his hip. If it's lower than his hip and kneecaps, that's gonna be probably a goal. But if it's above that, his ridiculous dangly wingspan is gonna save it. Um, yeah, and like I noted here, size started to take over. A lot of bully ball, a lot of frustration, a lot of pushing it, and as a result of it, the 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 goal at the end of the game just. Great finish by Chadley. Uh, just it was it was a heartbreaker. You know, a team team worked really hard to get that two zero lead and not to be able to finish it off and to lose in the waning seconds. That was tough. Um, I'm thankful there was no extra time, but also it sucked that it had to end that way. But congrats to Belgium moving on to the Elite Eight, matching up with Brazil in the next round. Um, should be a great. Great game. Um, real interesting to see how the formation works. You know, it looks like Belgium's very crowded in the middle, but not so not so much on the way outside based on the, this formation. So we'll see how it goes for the next match, which I'm really interested in. But once again, um, I did a 20-minute clip again. So I'm already tired. I'm hungry. And I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and sign off here. Um, make sure you guys check us out on all social media. We made it podcast.com is where all the episodes are. Hope you guys are liking these little quick episodes, these World Cup episodes. Not even quick, they're actually an hour long, but these World Cup things we're doing, trying to get you stuff fresh out there post this game. You know, uh, I know everybody's busy working, busy work day, but we like to give you guys good stuff to listen to. And you know, it's the best podcast in the world. We don't do recaps, this is a no cap recap. 
don't forget that. If you guys have any inquiry, you guys want to link up anything, sponsorship, we made a podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Love you guys. See ya. All right. Y'all just listened to Caesar break down his World Cup recaps. Just want to let you guys know, I did not. This is Bam, by the way, just in case you know. We're doing a remote episode again. Six episodes in two weeks. We we, we got to give it to you raw like how we do. Um, but yeah, I have not listened to what Caesar has had to say about these World Cup games. You know, our friendship has taken a hit. We don't really uh, communicate that much, you know, about the games until we record the podcast. Caesar hates that. He thinks I don't want to be his friend anymore. I, I don't. I just want to do a. Re- I just want to do the best podcast in the world. I don't really want to be his friend. I'm joking. Uh, that's my dog. That's my brother. Um, yeah, so I haven't listened to what he had to say, but I'm going to, Big Bam, I'm going to break down these World Cup recaps. Now, before we get into it, let me just say that We Made a Podcast is not, I repeat, is not a recap show. It's not a game recap show, but this is the 2018 Russia World Cup, and we got to recap these games. It's a little bit annoying for me because I have so many other things I want to talk about, but I'm like, nobody really cares about what's going on for real. They just want to hear about the World Cup, and they hopefully want to hear what Bam and Caesar, we made a podcast, have to say about the World Cup. So here it is. Um, Today is Monday, July 2nd, 2018. Yesterday, Sunday, we had two games. Um... On the low, people probably weren't really too excited for these games. Um, We had a powerhouse, uh, former powerhouse, Spain, playing Russia. Um, Most people did expect Spain to advance, including myself. But I would like to say that if if y'all remember me talking about Douglas Costa being the Achilles heel of this team and that they should have brought Alvaro Morata... And the fact that they didn't, and they're up here starting Douglas Costa, that's gonna. If there's a downfall, that'll be it. And although <laughs> I didn't watch the entire game, Spain versus Russia, um, I do think that was the issue. They didn't have a dynamic center forward. Um, they didn't have a center forward that could play the ball with those amazing midfielders. Um, obviously, Spain has a really, really good team, um, aside from PK. Um, but there was something lacking in a position that is integral for success, the center forward. Um, you want to have a guy that can do what the other players are doing. If you're if you're playing a very direct style, you want to just get crosses in, you need a guy for that. If, you, if you're Spain, you want to play football, you want to play the ball on the ground a lot. What what Spain what for what Spain wants to do? Douglas, uh, I said Douglas Costa. Diego Costa is not that. Well, they're both Brazilian. Uh, Diego Costa is not that guy. Uh, their guy for that is Alvaro Alvaro Morata, and he's somebody that can take on defenders as well. He will get on that left side and get his Ronaldo on. We all saw him do that many times. I can't really say he was doing that at Chelsea, but he used to do that when he was at Real Madrid. Um, anyway, uh, the game went to penalties, uh, one, one ended up going to penalties. Um, let's just go. I, I did t- keep track of the penalties. Iniesta scored his penalty. PK scored his penalty. Koke missed his penalty. Ramos scored his penalty. Then your boy, Yago Aspas got his penalty. Say, well, during this whole time, Russia made all their penalties. Then your boy, Yago Aspas got his penalty saved by the Russian goalie's foot. Um, and that's it. They're out of there. They are out of there. Um, yeah. I mean, even when you're talking about Iago Aspas and like Rodrigo, I'm like, really? Like Iago Aspas is a baller, but when you have Diego Costa, like you're, you're bringing your forwards are (laughs) Diego Costa, Rodrigo and Iago Aspas. That's super weak. That's super weak. Rodrigo is a backup for like for the Spain team. He's got to be a backup. Uh, Yago Aspas got to be a backup. But you can't really argue that they should be a backup for Diego Costa. He didn't even play this season. He didn't even play. 
And then after three games, he when he got in that lead, he got a red card. So yeah, uh, yes, I do know he scored like three goals, but like there were most of them were accidents. Um, but anyway, uh, Spain's out of there. Um, they got to figure some stuff out. Um, I did watch BN. Um, they were talking about who's to blame for Spain leaving, and for the most part, I disagreed with what they had to say. Oh, but uh, damn, they were going hard about uh, Argentina, uh, France, uh, Thomas Rungan. Got no love for Messi. I thought I didn't like Messi. This dude's going hard against Messi. But anyway, um, that game was pretty fun, I guess. Uh, Spain's out of there. Croatia then played Denmark. I did not watch any of that game. Uh, No, actually, I watched the first 35 minutes of that game. Um, Went to penalties. Croatia ended up going through on penalties. They will be playing Russia, uh, Croatia versus Russia, this weekend coming up. Uh, All right, nobody came for those games. What y'all came for was this Brazil versus Mexico. And you best believe I got up early. Got up early. Went to sleep late. Got up early. Whenever I got to get up early, I wake up like two hours before I got to get up. And then I just can't sleep and it's annoying. But best believe I was getting up early for myself and for y'all too. To cover this game. Brazil versus Mexico. Now... Off top, I was like, hmm. Actually, I, I got to give Caesar some props. Should I give them to him now? Um, You know what? I'll give Caesar the props now. Um, I was thinking like, okay, Brazil versus Mexico. Both teams like to play football. Like, they want to play football. Um, but maybe, like, I was thinking like maybe Mexico could catch Brazil lacking. Usually, I like to pick the team that's more explosive. That's that's how I... I'm not really the big, like, predicting who's going to win the game type of guy. But I've always kind of, like, since I come from an American football background, the way I used to usually just pick, like, who I think's going to win is the team that's the most explosive. And, like, if you can break down matchups. That's not as easy to do with uh, soccer, to break down matchups, necessarily. But... Uh, you know, the, the ball's moving the whole time, so it's hard to break that down. But um, I, I, I usually like to pick who's the more, more explosive team. I would say that Brazil is more explosive than Mexico, but I was like, you know, Mexico could catch Brazil lacking. Now, Caesar said, uh, the last episode we recorded together, I want to say, he said that he would rather, as a, as, like he's, he would rather Brazil face Mexico than Sweden. And I thought that was interesting. Not that I like disagreed with him necessarily, but I thought that was interesting. And and I, I feel like his logic was more like Sweden's going to play a very direct style, very physical direct style. And that has more probability of catching Brazil lacking. If you don't know that, so I mean like Brazil should beat either team, but you can get caught lacking. Like they could end up scoring a goal on you when it kind of shouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, his 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 uh, logic was like Sweden has a better chance of catching Brazil lacking because they play a different style, and we we me and Caesar both said at least I've said I'm pretty sure he's agreed with this that like when two teams are trying to play football against each other, the team that's better at that's gonna win. Like if you get uh, you know Barcelona and. Uh, you, uh, let, let's say Barcelona and I, I don't know another team that just like maybe Bayern or something like that, or maybe not Bayern. Um, maybe Man City. Let's say if you get a Barcelona and Man City, maybe not Barcelona last season. <laughs> this is not adding up, but whoever is, whoever, if, if both teams like to play football, not like, you know, long ball United, not like trying to get on the counterattack. If both teams like to play football, the one that's better at that will definitely win the game. And I mean, that's, in theory. So Caesar's like, yeah, we can play with Mexico. They're trying to play football. We're going to play football. We're going to win because we're better at playing football than them. We have better players and we're just better at that. Whereas Sweden, they're going to try, probably try to hit out on the counter, try to get those set pieces, be very physical. It's a different style to contend with. And that is a, has a better chance of beating Brazil. Caesar was vindicated. Um, let me just get into the game. Caesar was Caesar's been hating on Fogner, and I did notice that in the first minute he did have a good defensive stop on a long ball. Um, and after that, I put like whoever's going to play better football is going to win. 
I did. I, I was doing a little bit of a William tracker that I did the same thing I did last time because I kind of wanted to, for whatever reason, I wanted to keep a track on William. Um, he's probably the player that in, in that starting lineup as like your attacking players, like from your midfield to attacking players, he's probably the most suspect for people, not for me necessarily, but for people, he's probably the most suspect. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go through and uh, say the times that he made bad plays, but I do think he ended up making up for that. So I wouldn't say he had a bad game, but I will, since I wrote them down in the 11th minute, he lost the ball. Uh, 16th minute, he lost the ball in a back control. He got it back and then lost it again. Um, in the 18th minute, he had a corner that didn't pass the first defender. Uh, in the 42nd minute, he had a corner that didn't pass the first defender. Oh, what else? What else did William do? Um, I want to say that's it. Those were his bad plays. They, they, I mean, whatever, they were bad plays, but I think he made up for it. Um, in the 25th minute, well, in the 15th minute, I put that uh, Mexico was out playing Brazil, and they were. And that in the first the first 15 minutes, they were out playing Brazil hard. 25th minute, I put that um, Brazil, between the 25th and 27th minute, I put that um, Brazil was starting to heat up and get some shots off. 43rd minute, uh, Felipe Luis got a yellow card. Uh, I thought that might have uh, ended up being of some concern because I don't know who else you're going to put at left back if Felipe Luis goes out. Uh, halftime, I was I was I was looking at Brazil walking off at halftime. I was like, hmm, I wonder if Thiago Silva looking a little bit dejected there. Wasn't sure. Mexico did start uh, Rafa Marquez. Oh, and it was 91 degrees at the start of the game, hot. But you know, they, they, I guess they said that the field was in the shade and the humidity wasn't that high, so you're not going to feel that as much. Uh, out there in uh, Samara, or was it Kazan? I forgot. Rafael Marquez, uh, Rafa Marquez started, uh, shout out to him, he beat that drug charge. Um, 39 years old, out there doing his thing. At halftime, he was taken off from Miguel Layun. 48th minute, there was a good save by Ochoa on Coutinho. 51st minute, young Neymar got that goal off of William assist. William with the left-footed assist, don't sleep, uh, Bra- uh, Brazil stats. Uh, nice play. Neymar had the rock. He came across to the right, backheeled it to William. William, um, he, he's, I don't want to say a signature move, but he kicked it out ahead, got the left foot crossing. But what was beautiful about it is that when Neymar laid off that backheel, he kind of made this curling run back around so he can get back in the box. And uh, William's cross found him. Bang. Uh, tapping right in the net. Beautiful goal there by Brazil. Um, 55th minute. Let's see. Uh, whoa, this is another great play by William. He, uh, who is this? Uh, you know, I can't read my hand rank. I, I want to say it's Herrera. I don't even know what this says. Somebody on uh, Mexico got a, a yellow card off of a William run. Um, oh, your boy, uh, Carlos Vela. He's out of shape. He He's out of shape. He, he, he had a lot of bad first touches and you can tell that's from leg strength. That's from not being in shape. Either he's tired or he's just not in good shape. When your legs start going, uh, not like going like he's old. I don't think that's necessarily the case. He, I don't think he's injured either. He's either He was either fatigued or he's just not in good shape. He had a lot of bad first touches. That's, that's what happens. Your first touch, like those, those, those touches where it's like you really got to tense up your muscles. You can't be fatigued from those. He was missing a lot of those. Um, I don't really feel like he had that good of a game. And I do think he was either tired or he's out of shape. And, you know, he he, he left uh, Real Sociedad in, the, in January, came to MLS. He's playing at LAFC. That could be part of it. I'm not sure. But I remember last year in the Confederations Cup, he did look a little hefty. So maybe that's how he gets down in the summer. 60th minute, Casemiro got a yellow card. He will be missing the quarterfinal against uh, Belgium. 60th minute, Jimenez came on for Chicharito. Jimenez is really, really bad. He's really not good at all. I guess he's going to the Wolves, uh, Wolverhampton. Ra- Raul Jimenez is so bad. Like, he, it blows my mind that this guy plays. Like, he actually gets to play professional soccer. Uh, I don't really feel like Chicharito necessarily had a good game. He wasn't, like, that involved necessarily. But I don't feel like you got to take him off. Not for Jimenez, anyway. Oh, 71st minute. Oh, this is hilarious. I don't even want to know what people are saying about about this, about about your boy Neymar. 
Neymar ended up out of bounds. I guess he got fouled. Like uh, Miguel Layun goes over there, and and he definitely deliberately put his cleats on Neymar's ankle. Now he didn't apply any pressure. <laughs> Your boy Neymar starts wilding out. Oh my god! I literally laughed out loud when I saw how he was gesticulating on the ground. This dude looked like James Brown. Hit me. <laughs> uh, I know that everybody was just doing so much. I know there's some major opinions about how Neymar was wilding out. Um, But Miguel Layun was being a little bit extra when it came to Neymar and stuff and some fouls. I was like, hmm, I wonder if he's racist. Uh, Hope hope not. But he he, he had some kind of like issues with Neymar off top, I think. He's like too dark skinned for him. Uh, But I did did think there should be at least a yellow card for Miguel Layun. I guess they looked at it on VAR, but probably Neymar killed it because he was wild. And they were like, ain't nobody giving him a yellow card. He's acting like that. The dude didn't even step down on him. But anyway, 80th minute for Nardinho came on for Paulinho. Um, 86th minute for Mino came for Coutinho. 88th minute, your boy Firmino. Everybody loves Firmino. He got his goal on a nice assist by Neymar. 2-0 at that point. And after the first goal, Mexico was not looking as sharp. And as deadly as they have, as they had it early in the game, I think they were tired. They they couldn't really run with, you know what? To uh, okay, Brazil and Mexico do want to play football against each other, and Brazil wants to play football, but they got big bodies. Honestly, I wonder if this is like any other Brazil team because I don't think Brazil's known for having these big body dudes. You got Thiago Silva. You got Miranda's skinny, but he's uh, he's a center back. You got to give him that. Paulinho's a big dude. Casemiro's a big dude. Obviously, Coutinho's not a big dude, but when they bring Fernandinho in, he plays big. He's not a big, big guy, but he plays big. Uh, Gabriel Jesus plays big, um, and, he, and, he, and he's, he's feisty, too. They're not, they're not soft dudes. They're, they're, they, they, can, they can mix it up, you know? So I think the physicality of Brazil also was a lot for, for Mexico. Mexico has a small team. Um, not that that makes them bad or anything like that. Like, you don't need big players. You don't need a lot of size, obviously, it's football. But I think that was another factor in Brazil beating Mexico. And they beat them. You know, they beat them handily. It wasn't, like, lucky, you know? Excuse me for these pauses, but it's the it's the afternoon and I'm addicted to coffee. So I got to make sure I get coffee so, or I get a headache. Um, oh, I also kept track of the fouls on Neymar. I did not count the Miguel Layun thing because it wasn't called as a foul. But in the play, in the run of play, fouls on Neymar, I did count six. Fourth minute, seventh minute, 38th minute, what is it, 66th minute, 77th minute, and 92nd minute. A lot less than he's been getting in other games. But, you know, I wonder how long that body's going to last because he does take a lot of fouls, and his fouls are no joke. Um, But hopefully they do something about them horse collar fouls. Now, the game for me that I was actually, I mean, I was more excited for Brazil-Mexico, but this game was also very exciting. Ended up being very exciting. Uh, let me just say off top, Fox commentating is garbage. Uh, the commentators they have, like, I, I don't know what they do at night. Like, you know, maybe they're kind of treating the World Cup as a vacation a little bit. And I'm, pro- I'm sure there's some interns that give them some stats and stuff to look up. Or like here, just say this during during your commentating so you sound smart. But I wonder what they're actually doing because they kept on talking about Japan being a big underdog to Belgium. Now, one thing we do when we made a podcast is we keep it real. I haven't had a chance to watch Belgium play this World Cup. I didn't want to see them play against Tunisia necessarily. I didn't want to see them play against Panama. And then I was going to watch them play against England, but then I saw their starting lineup and I was like, I'm not going to watch that. Belgium obviously has a lot of talent, like if you look at their roster, but Japan has been playing so good. Let me also give Caesar some more props. Caesar said that Japan, I only watched Japan play, I watched them play the second half against Senegal. Oh, did I watch, and did I watch them play Colombia? I feel like I did not because that was the first game. I didn't see them play Colombia, so I I only saw them play the second half against Senegal. 
Caesar said that they're the poor man's Spain, and I agree with that 100%. When I watch them play today, they are the... They're not even the poor man's Spain, honestly. Like, they, they play similar to way to the way Spain plays. In a Like, it's not that far off. They just, like... They just don't have, like, the same exact talent or shape that Spain has. But they play that style of football, and it's very pretty. Anybody who watched Japan play this World Cup and they've watched Belgium, you you can't think that just because Belgium scored some five goals on some team that they're so much better than Japan. Japan's also playing very well, too. And off top, I don't want to necessarily get into this again, but I'm going to have to. Um, okay, actually, let me. Let's, so I, I looked at the starting lineups for for Belgium. This is Japan versus Belgium game. Oh, oh! Before that, let me just say that Caesar said that uh, even though he was sleepy when he said this, he said that Japan was going to beat Belgium five to one. <laughs> There's a point in there where I thought he might be right. Anyway, when I looked at Belgium's starting lineup, first of all, I looked at their coaches, Roberto Martinez trash uh excuse me they were they were running some kind of 343 and when i look at their players and like the way they got it set up i'm like this this can easily be exposed they got two players that play in china witzel and Carrasco. they got lukaku starting with up top with mertens and uh hazard which is just ugly and weird i i, I don't know why you're starting lukaku like start Mertens, start if you're gonna do this three four three, start Hazard, Mertens, and KDB up top. KDB's playing so far back; he's playing like a regista. It was so weird. So when I saw his starting lineup, I was like, you know what? That can be exposed because the person that they're missing is Raja Nyingalin. If you had Raja Nyingalin, you can put KDB in a more advanced position. And let Roger Nigelin just boss up the midfield. What they had to do instead was have Hazard, Lukaku, Mertens up top, ugly. Uh, in the midfield, it was Carrasco, KDB, Witzel, and uh, who was on the right? Oh, don't let me forget right now who started over there. I feel like it was somebody whack, though. Uh, who was it? Jeez. Now I'm mad at myself because I forgot. Carrasco, KDB, Witzel, and somebody. Wish I remembered. Um, I'll probably remember at some point. When I saw that team, I was like that. Oh, sorry. It was uh, Monier. So Monier's obviously he plays the right back, but like he's playing in that mid, so-called midfield, in that uh, midfield four. That can be exposed because you don't have Roger Nyingelin. If you have Roger Nyingelin, honestly, like they, they, that solves so many problems for for Belgium. And you have somebody because in the beginning they just wouldn't shoot the rock, and so you have somebody who will actually shoot the ball from distance and and, and and actually has really good accuracy and can make those. But Roberto Martinez tactically didn't want to call up uh, Roger Nyingelin, and now they got this lucky win. Anyway, let's get into it. Off top, Caesar said that, uh, yeah, Japan will win 5-1. He was almost vindicated. <laughs> in the 10th minute, I put it was even between uh, Japan and Belgium. In the 15th minute, Carrasco forced me to start doing a Carrasco tracker because in the 15th minute, he had already had two bad plays. I used to like Carrasco, but he went to China and he tried to act like he wanted to go there. And then I can't rock with him no more. Um, in the 24th minute, he had two more. By, by the 24th minute, he had two more bad plays in the final third. Uh, Yannick Fouda to Carrasco. Uh, 28th minute, I put that uh, Belgium had been dominating the last four minutes. There was a point there where Japan looked... The whole game, they looked better than Belgium, but there was a point where they were really dominating. Right after that, I put that Japan needs to get the ball to Kagawa centrally. Uh, (laughs) Then right right after that, they, they had some good play when they gave the ball to Kagawa centrally. They probably heard my thoughts or somebody saw what I wrote. 39th minute, Carrasco uh, sent a cross out of bounds. And in the 47th minute, he gave a ball away on a pass. He got a really bad game. Honestly, it was terrible. 48th minute, uh, coming back from halftime. Halftime, it was 0-0. 48th minute, the goal by oh, Hamaguchi. I'm going to say that. 
great shot on a great a great lead pass by somebody. I, I didn't get to, I, they don't never talk about who gives the pass. They just talk about the goals. I was trying to catch whose name it was. I don't really know all the players in Japan like that. Whoever that was, that was a great assist. Great shot by Hamaguchi, though. Really good shot. He, I mean, Kotois really, I don't want to say he should have saved that, but he, he definitely could have saved that. Right after that goal by Japan, Hazard hit the post in the next minute. Oh, it was so close. 52nd minute, Anui, who was a baller. Oh, I think he plays for A-Bar. No, no, wait. He went He went somewhere else now. I want to say Real Betis or something like that, but he played last year in uh, A-Bar, if I'm not mistaken. Anui, baller. He There were some passes that came to him, and he controlled them like only a La Liga player can do. <laughs> Like, there were some controls he had of long pass. I was like, this guy plays in La Liga. Um, but, yeah, he had a great, he had a goal outside the box shot, kind of similar to that one shot that Modric had against Argentina, similar to that one uh, in that corner, right foot. Uh, Danny Witzel tried to close him down. And the, when I first saw it, I thought nobody tried to close him down. But uh, Danny Witzel tried, but it was a very good shot by him. So at that point it's two zero. Um, I had some notes after that. I put that all all the Japan players have two feet, um, and I just put that you know like with Belgium like without Roger Nangelin you have to start dudes like Danny Witzel and Carrasco like you have to start them because you don't have Roger Nangelin there. Um, and then I noticed that uh, Eden Hazard had a part in his head on the left side, and I was like, man, y'all should lose just because you have a part on your haircut in the la- in the, on the left side. Just one, two, like not even two staggered joints. Just one part. I feel like he did it himself. Um, 62nd minute, Lukaku missed a header from a Monier cross. It was very close. I thought that was going in. 65th minute, Roberto Martinez makes a sub. He brings on Fellaini for uh, Dries Mertens, who I feel should should have started over Lukaku. And he also brought in Nasser Chadli for Carrasco. Um, I really wish that I could tell you what Caesar would say about them, those guys, like what they are, but I can't say it. Uh, so yeah, Fellaini comes on and Nasser Chadli. Nasser Chadli's a baller. I think he played for Schalke last year. Fellaini obviously plays for Manchester United. When Fellaini comes in, you know that you know he's going to score a header, like honestly. So anyway, sixty, what does it say? Sixty ninth minute. I want to say this is Vertonghen gets that. <laughs> Who does Vertonghen play for? Oh, Tottenham. Your boy Vertonghen gets that accident goal, that accident header cross goes in the goal. Uh, the ball ended up kind of headed into the air three times, and he got, the, got he got on the end of it, tried to head it back into the box, and it just happened to float in the in the, in the uh, far post into the goal. I was like, if this is what Belgium ha- is going to do to win, I'm so over them. Because honestly, okay, they got that goal, and I was like, I know Fellaini's going to score a header, so, like, if they're going to get some accident goals and win, that's going to be so whack. Well, five minutes later, 74th minute, Fellaini got his header goal off of Eden Hazard uh, cross. I, I did I did say about Japan, I, I want to see Kagawa shoot the ball more. Like, sometimes, sometimes teams just pass the ball too much in the final third. Dude. Thibaut Courtois is like not some elite goalie. He's just long. You got to shoot the rock sometimes. Like, especially when you're in the box, sometimes just shoot it. You don't have to look for another pass. In the box, sometimes that extra pass is going to give less space for the dude. If you're passing it forward, especially inside the box. I know that that last pass is cute and you might, the dude might end up wide open, but it might end up being less space and more more easier for the goalie to close it down. I I wrote down that Kagawa has to shoot the rock more. Like, shoot it from far away. It's okay. Just shoot it, dude. Like, sometimes you just got to shoot it. And and let, let shoot it from outside the box sometimes. Let the goalie make a mistake. Thibaut Courtois is going to make it. If five balls go to him that he's got to move to save, you're going to, you, you, we almost saw him make a mistake in the first half. Five of those, two of them, he's going to, two of them, the ball is going to come your way somehow. Two of them. Um, so, yeah, after that, like, after that Fellaini goal, was, there was a play with Kagawa at the ball. I'm like, dude, just, just shoot the rock, dude. But anyway, like, I'm not mad. I, I know what that is. 81st minute, uh, Japan, it's 2-2. 81st minute, Japan brought uh, Honda on. Uh, and I was nervous because I'm like, okay, 
Japan should win this game. Like, you got to win this game. There was points in the game where I'm just like, Japan is literally just, they can get down the field so fast and easy on 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 Belgium. You got to put it, you got, you, you, you got to put it away. Um, they did have some chances, but it just didn't happen for them. Um, anyway, 86 minute, um, the, go- the goalie for uh, Japan had two good saves. One was off of a Chadley header and then another one off of a Lukaku header. All right. We get down to the last minute. There's a corner. Honda sends in the corner. It's caught by Thibaut Courtois. He gives the ball. I want to say he gives the ball straight off to KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, who finds, I mean, it's just a fast break. He finds uh, uh, Tom Monier, who crosses it, and it's dummied by Lukaku, and Chadley ends up having like what almost, not exactly a tap-in, but almost ends up basically being a tap-in. It was devastating. I was sad for Japan. Um, I don't want to see Belgium do good at all because they didn't bring my boy Roger Nangelin. I said that in the beginning. It was heartbreaking, honestly, but it was a good play by Belgium. And honestly, like they have, that's something that they have the potential to do. And I feel like Japan maybe just kind of like for for that one second, maybe thought that it's just going to go to extra time for some, you know, they had been playing corner short before that. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel like that was a time to send in the corner into the box. I feel like that's the time to to play the short corner. <laughs> you know, we've all seen that fast break counterattack on a corner. It ends up going straight to the goalie or it ends up getting like uh, headed way out and, and somebody just gets that counterattack popping. I felt like that was the time to let it like play it short and let's try to like get the time going. You're probably not going to score. I mean, they're going for glory and I understand that, but Hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess, but I was like, damn, that was the time to play the short corner, but it's all good. Um, the game ended 3-2 Belgium. There was not much time after that. Great goal by Ch- Charlie came in and turned up when he when he got subbed in, Ch- and Charlie's a good player. I remember I used to see him in EPL. I forgot who he used to play for. I want to say Tottenham. I think he's still uh, a West Brom player, but I think he played in Schalke last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, heartbreaking for Japan. It was really sad to see them go down like that. A lot of the players were crying. Uh, after the game, Lukaku, who had a booger in his nose the whole game, from before the game, he was talking to the players. I'm like, why is this guy talking? He, he's not even good. But yeah, they're advancing, so uh, they will be playing. Who is it? So yeah, I'm pretty sure Belgium will be playing Brazil um, in the next in the next round in the quarterfinals. Yeah, so that was the big games today. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, we got Sweden versus Switzerland. I guess we'll talk about that, like the four other people watching that game. And then, turned up game, Colombia versus England. That should be a good game. I also have, I haven't watched England play this whole, whole World Cup either yet. Um, yeah, I mean, since I haven't watched England, I can't really say like how they'll do, but I have seen Colombia play really well. So... We'll see. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be recording an episode tomorrow together, me and Caesar, after that game. Since it's only basically one game, well, I guess we'll, we'll cover Sweden and Switzerland too. But the battle of the battle of the of the European nations there. I, I feel like we'll uh, talk about some other topics going on. Quarterfinals uh, that are set up. We got Uruguay versus France, Brazil versus Belgium. It's going to be turned up. We got Russia versus Croatia. That'll be an interesting game. Uruguay, France, that's going to be an interesting one. We got a lot of uh, Cavani plays with some of those guys. Yeah, that, that's going to be some fun games. Um, anyway, we made it podcast episode 60. You know, we're doing it big. Oh, also want to say shout out to Mexico. They just had their elections yesterday, Sunday, July 1st. They le- elected your boy AMLO. Really exciting for Mexico. Hopefully that uh, amounts to really good things for them. First uh, left leftist president, uh since the end of one party rule in 2000. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, yeah, Sad, sadly they had, I was kind of, t- I was kind of torn between Mexico and Brazil. I rock with Brazil. I was like, oh damn, Mexico just elected AMLO, but you know, I want something good to happen. 
if, if, if never mind, I won't say that. Anyway, uh, we made a podcast episode sixty. Subscribe everywhere. We made dot com. Those little circle tablets up there. Click on them joints. You can subscribe. We're on iHeart, Spotify. We're everywhere. Um, there's a donate button, a little dollar sign on WeMadeAPodcast.com if you want to donate. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram, at WeMadeAPodcast. If there's any suggestions you have, if there's anything that you want to ask us about anything, we made a podcast at We Made a Podcast, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Facebook as well. Yeah, holla at us. Hopefully next, next uh, episode, we will be together, me and Caesar. But yeah, this is my section. And now that I'm done recording... I'm going to go listen to his section and be laughing my ass off, I'm sure. We made it podcast.